you want to be successful tomorrow, it's impossible. If you want to be successful a year later, it's impossible. But if you want to win 10 years later, you have a chance. There we go. Welcome, everybody, to Dollars and Cents Podcast. I did it right this time. <laughs> I, I'm your host, Jeff, and we have Sam here with us once again, our co-host mm -hmm. with the most. Um, <laughs> Vera uh, is... Vera's dealing with, um, I, I don't want to put all her business out there, but Vera is dealing with an illness, so she is going to be out for a little bit, but she is coming eventually, she's assured me. So, um, Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Jeff. How are you? Oh, you know, I can never complain. I never complain. Today but, was a beautiful uh, day in the neighborhood. <laughs> it, it always, you know, that's the beauty of living where we live, both of us, it's, it, it, what's the the coldest it gets is like 65. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not even here. Here it's like the coldest I think is 70. If yeah. that. And that's December and January. <laughs> yeah. It's summertime um, here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, today we're going to be doing, um, well, I, I had a plan and Sam was like, well, let's start different. We're going to be talking about, because actually I like your plan better than mine. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about starting up your own work for yourself kind of thing. What, what, what sole proprietorship, um, mm -hmm. and, and the, the, the pitfalls and the, the, what, what makes it easy? What makes it hard? And what do you need to do? So, you know, as you know, oh, and I forgot to share this out. <laughs> um, So Sam, when you're starting a sole proprietorship or 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 uh, want to work for yourself as a 1099 employee, wherever you go, a consultant, as it were, uh, mm -hmm. what are the what are the first things you need to do or or look into? Well, you can use your own social security number as a sole proprietor. Uh, so if you end up just you know, working for, you know, you're working for yourself uh, in a contracting position. You know, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, it could be on, I, I forgot that website that's called. Uh, we actually use it too. But, you know, if you're doing a job, whatever job, you know, at the end of the year, you'll get a 1099 um, that can go associated with your social security. There are some people who decides, you know what, I want to get a uh, an LLC uh, where, you know, nobody knows my social security. I have a my own individual EIN number for the business. And so they can go that way as a sole proprietor. Um, you know, depending how you file your taxes, you either file your taxes with your own social security, or if you have that LLC, you can file it through that LLC. Okay. So what, what is exactly... Uh, what would one need to go about to get an LLC? I know you have one. I'm in mm -hmm. the process, but I'm not actually doing it because Vera's mom's doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I I actually use, uh, you know, there are many different places that you can actually, like, they'll do it for you. Um, <clears throat> I use, um, I think they actually just changed their name now. Um, it used to be Ink File. Now they call it Busy, and so right. um, I went through Ink File, 
Uh, they make it super easy where they get your articles of incorporation. They'll get your EIN set up, which, you know, getting an EIN, you can just go onto the IRS website and get that done too. You'll get it like instantly. Um, okay. And you, know, you just need to have a business name to be associated with it. So uh, again, you know, if you're going to go that route, I would think of some sort of business name <laughs> that you know you want to be able to keep. Um, and so the Articles of Incorporation, EIN number, and then, um, you know, the, yeah, I think that's, yeah, the statement of organization they get you, uh, business licensing, um, and then they'll ask you if you want to open up a business bank account, but, you know, that's also easy too. You can just go to whatever bank that you use and, you know, do it online. They'll open that up. Uh, they will ask you for this information. A lot of places they do ask for your articles of, of organization and a copy of your EIN in order to open up a business checking account. So, um, but yeah, I went on to what was called uh, now busy, but <laughs> it's the ink file um, and they made it super easy. It does so, take a couple of days, it's not instant. Right. It, yeah. It take, I, I assuming it takes, I, I was always assuming it would take like a month or so, correct? I think it just depends on each state and also okay. expedite the process. And so, you know, I decided to expedite the process because um, at that time I was in the United States, you know, because I was still living in Panama. So I was in the United States at the time. And so I wanted to get all of that organized because I wasn't sure with the bank information if I need to go in person or not. And so um, I didn't even have to. I could just do it online which I finally realized. Uh, so, but yeah, I did everything, you know, online and it was super easy, super easy. Some states, you know, I, again, when I talked about the last podcast, I did Wyoming because it doesn't have any state taxes and right. I want to eliminate the state taxes, but you can open one in any state that you choose. You know, each state has a different rule and the regulation. So. Yeah. And, and I, from my understanding, it's, it's, it's kind of inexpensive. It's, you know, I, I've heard as high as $500 and as less as 150 or 100 or 90. Yeah, again, it depends on the state that you're in. I think it also depends on the industry that you're in. Uh, some industries, okay. you know, uh, require more documents. Um, and then also, uh, it, you know, the state, the industry that you're in, I lost my train of thought, but there is something else and I can't remember it. I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do this on the fly. Um, <laughs> because at, just like nonsensical nonsense, we plan nothing. It's like today I thought, about, I, I wait, wait, we got a show tonight. What are we going to do about it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and I, I, I do need to get better on like tomorrow. I need to email you and be like, okay. So next week, we're going to talk about this. So do a little bit of research, just in case. Because... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be a little bit more prepared. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I think we'll both get better at that. And, you know, and, and um, so when, when you're sole proprietor or working for yourself or, or you know, self-contracting out to companies, uh, what are the benefits for yourself versus the benefits for the company that you're working for um well for the company they don't need to if you are a w-2 right if you are an employee right they mm -hmm. will be in charge of uh taking out the taxes from your paycheck right so you'll have a gross pay they'll take out all the taxes and then you'll have your net pay and that's what they'll 
send over to you. Uh, yeah, that as FICA they, guy comes after you. And then, I don't know who then, the fuck FICA is, but he likes me. And then <laughs> as an employee too, you know, you can't write off things, right? Because really okay. it's going under the company's expense. So like, let's say if you're going over to a meeting, you know, that's going to be a company expense with them. So that's going to be their write-off, not your write-off. So um, if you have your own business or you're a sole proprietor, there are many advantages to that that you can write off things. So like, for example, for me, I can, you know, I have my own home office. So I can actually, you know, depending upon the square footage of what I use, I can write that off. If I get a computer, I can write that off. Anything that I use in order to do my business, I can pretty much write off. If I have any travel expenses that, you know, has to do with business, I can write that off too. So um, there's a lot of advantages in being able to write those things off where if you're an employee, you do not have that ability. Right. And so I wonder if I can write off my cigarettes. I'm just saying, but uh, <laughs> I need that. Believe it or not. And I've explained this to the wife. Saves lives. Maybe not mine, but everybody else on the planet. Uh, <laughs> I don't um, think they'll allow you to do that, but you know, you, you sure never know. Maybe figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't write off a co-host, Chris. Uh, <laughs> Glick says, can I write off a co-host and use them as a defendant? <laughs> Asking for a friend. For a friend. <laughs> Unfortunately, what kind of host doesn't plan ahead? This guy should be fired. Yeah, well, yeah. As as someone infamous, not famous, infamous once said, "It's my show, and I do everything." <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, when when what what kind of businesses could you? I mean, you can't become a ten ninety nine employee at McDonald's, let's say, but. Uh, yeah. I, I recently just found out, and it kind of blew my mind, that most doctors are 1099. Yes. That kind of blew my mind. I always thought they were W-2. No, they're, you know, a lot of them are 1099s or they end up having their own corporation or LLC, like the same thing, or sole proprietor. Yeah, because it depends what type of field you're in. Um, like, uh, if you know, who does the, you know, when you get an anesthesias or no. <laughs> Anesthesiologist? Uh, anesthesiologist. Anesthesia. Yeah, they yeah. end up getting. <laughs> Chris, he says, ah, sounds like a wise man, a great champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It was it was the fool wearing a hat with bells on them and a silly belt. <laughs> but they're contracted with different hospitals. And so that's why, you know, they end up being 1099s, you know. You know, right. Maybe Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they're at one hospital and Tuesday and right. Thursday, so they can another hospital. That's why they're able to be like, oh, I'm calling in a specialist from, you know, what mm -hmm. enter hospital here. I guess that does make sense. So, so, you know, just like and 1099 uh, to dumb it down and correct me if I'm wrong. You literally just get all your money and then you have to figure out in taxes. And correct. Um, the beauty of working where we work comes down to, I just asked for her to do mine uh, <laughs> because she's way smarter than me. Um, 
<laughs> well, and 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 she was a she's CPA. a numbers person. Well, she's, she's a numbers. numbers. Yeah, that girl is I, like a human calculator. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. I, I wish I could. I can't count to eleven without taking my shoes off. So, um, but so what? Once you're once you have your ten ninety nine or your your sole proprietorship set up, you can actually contract yourself out. Um, and of course, once again, depending on your field, uh, a lot of ten ninety nine people are construction as well. No. I've heard that. You don't well. really need to con like you. You could start today as a 1099 if you just, you know, right. it. you don't need to have a piece of paper saying that you're a 1099. It's basically right. saying, hey, you know what? You're paying me for a service and I am not a, an official employee. So right. you, you're contracting, you know, you get a housekeeper. A housekeeper could be like, okay, charge me $30. Well, here in Panama, it's 30 over in the States. It's like 120. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, you could say, hey, you know, I'm cleaning your house. And, you know, I'm going to charge you $125. And so that person, the housekeeper, you know, is probably a 1099 because he, she's doing it herself. She's going from house to house. She's kind of, she's created her own business and therefore she's an independent contractor. She does her own thing. So doesn't need any other paperwork unless she, how she wants to handle it on the back end is different. Um, but yeah, anybody could be a 1099. And as a 1099, when you when you do, if you do your own taxes, which I I I, I can't even spell taxes, but um, what percentage should you hold back from each payment to actually put at least your 20, 20 to twenty five percent of your income okay. you should hold back um, when you do end up doing your taxes. You know they tell you like throughout the year. Every quarter, you should be paying the IRS. So it's like you should at least save about 20, 25% of your income and save that over to taxes. And then each quarter, you're supposed to pay a estimated amount. And so when you do your taxes, you'll know like, okay, I paid X amount of money each quarter. And so then when they do your taxes, they'll know if you owe or if they owe you back. Okay. So, so there is the chance of actually getting some money back. And of course, you can always, like what I did was I actually put away 30% mm -hmm. because, yeah. you know, and, and basically, barrier, I think. well, and, and the beauty of that is, is, you know, you put that in a high yield savings account mm -hmm. and, you know, you might actually come in out ahead. Yeah. Where, you know, maybe not, maybe not necessarily ahead, but you'll, you'll come out with the, was like, oh wow, I got an extra five thousand, ten thousand dollars lying around that I didn't know about. Um, well, did, what kind of high yield savings? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm just saying, but, you know, throughout the year, if you're putting thirty percent, let's say, you know, you're putting a thousand dollars each week or or five hundred dollars or whatever the case may be, you know, and and that twenty percent that you're actually paying out is is only comes up to let's say ten grand. But you have twenty grand in there. You got an extra ten grand lying around. And, yeah, but they do, and that's before write-offs, so do right. Yeah, but the IRS does um, expect you to pay those, you know, pay ahead each quarter. Mm. So it's like really, you know, if you're going to be gaining that type of money to put towards your, it's only going to be three months. Okay. So um, right. Well, I guess I, I guess you wouldn't have I mean, a big payout, but you might get a couple you, hundred bucks, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you wait until the end of the year, which some people do, right? You can not pay it quarterly and just wait in the end of the year, but they the IRS will charge you interest. They they will charge oh, I you see. I see. a penalty for not paying it during the time during you no know, previous quarters. So um and I forgot what I was gonna say just now. Um <laughs> it's been happening a lot this evening. Yeah, it's it's you know the the only problem about working all day and then doing something where we have to think is just <laughs> it's a problem, but uh, it's a problem we're willing to deal with. Um, so you with paying that out each quarter, um, where do you find said write-offs? I mean, like when you do your taxes. I, so at the right. end of the year, right, it's tax season. About the end of January, beginning of February, all the companies that you ended up working with, or if you, you know, that you read, like, so with us, you know, we will get a 1099 from the company. Um, it's probably coming soon. I think I actually received mine. I, I've been just I haven't got mine it. yet. So, you know, for me, like I worked, you know, in insurance. So, you know, I'll get a 1099 for the insurance company that I work for because I do get commissions from there. Um, but this company, I'll get a 1099. And so they'll start sending that out at the end of January. Um, and same if you have any investments, if you have student loan interests, um, you know, even your bank and savings, your uh, savings account or checking account, if you, uh, if you earn interest from there, they'll send you a 1099 if it reaches a certain threshold. So, that point you're going to start collecting your 1099s and then once you receive all your 1099s you'll start doing your taxes right and then from there you'll be able to see okay how much i don't know if anybody uses quickbooks like i use quickbooks you know i'll be i always itemize every expense that i have and i you know log it to see okay what category does it go to is it a personal expense is it a business expense you know is it utilities is it phone is it internet um, you know, you kind of categorize those things down. If you hired somebody to do work, like I had an assistant last year, so, you know, I consider her labor, you know, you know, a labor contractor. So she's a write-off. So I can like mm -hmm. itemize those things down and then you total it up and then you know exactly how much expenses that you have. There's other expenses too, like health insurance. If you have insurance for your business, um, licensing, like I have a California insurance license that I keep up. And so right. um, any education that I have with that, that I pay for, you know, for my CE credits, you know, that could be a write-off too. So, cause that's, you know, pertaining to your business. When I travel to the U S for business, you know, I can write off, you know, the travel expenses on there, any meals that I had, car rental, taxi, uh, flight, hotel, you know, so those can be a write-off as well. So um, as somebody me, that works from home, how much mm -hmm. of your utilities can you write off though? Uh, so if you are using, I mean, I do 50, 50 because half the time I'm working half the time I'm watching TV. So, um, you could split it, you know, you could, you know, sometimes you can, if you're, if you only think that you're using 30%, you know, right. maybe if you have a family or something like that, then, you know, maybe you're not using all of it. Um, so, it really just thinks that the percentage that you think that you're using, but that's, you could split it by percentage. Oh, I see. Okay. So if, and, and you, as you said, you don't necessarily need a, um, 
an LLC or, or a sole proprietorship or a C Corp or B Corp or whatever to actually start a business, you do need a business license. Correct? Uh, you, no, you don't need to have a business license. Again, a 1099, you don't need to have. You could just. But like if know, I wanted to start, let's say, a, a, a lawn care business. Hmm? Okay, so if I wanted to do like a lawn care business, I don't need a business license. I just need to. A lot. Nope. 1099 well, it, everything. You could 10.99 everything. I mean, you could go both ways, but you can really, if you, you know, decide, hey, I'm going to mow a lawn and I'm going to charge you X amount of dollars and you collect that, of course, you're going to have to show that income. I think in, in the U.S. it's 600. You, you have to uh, show, you know, you have to you know, pay your taxes if it's, if you've earned over $600 in the year. In the year. In okay. the year. Well, uh, that was going to be my next question. So, because I I heard it was as high as like, like if you made less than ten thousand. Okay, so maybe it, like yeah. I I, I, I honestly don't know, and and because because my first year working as a ten ninety nine, technically I started in November, so I didn't make a whole lot, but it was it was less than ten grand, and when I asked her about it, I was like, hey, how do I handle tax on this? She's like, you made under X amount. You don't have to pay. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. Uh, right. yeah. They said just... to file taxes with a 1099 form. Self-employed individuals need to make over $400 in earned income a year. So it's actually $400. Okay. So $400. Mm -hmm. But I like if you make $500, I doubt the IRS is going to come after you for making, you know, for taxes on that. But you know, you never know. They they could be spiteful. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Um, interesting so if if you wanted to start a business and we kind of touched on this before we started um and and i know you said you haven't done it since college but if you wanted to start a business and whatever the said business is well, obviously you have there's all sorts of niches um and you know you didn't want to do everything yourself you wanted to actually have employees a, a traditional business, as it were. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I kind of want to get into the whole business planning. You know, the what are the main things you need before you actually start, start hiring people? Obviously, you're going to need income and, and enough work to keep everybody busy. But what else would you need besides those things? Well, definitely need to start with the business plan, right? Because you want to be able to have some sort of structure or roadmap. So, um, you know, and the business plan would contain like having, you know, exactly what is your business, right? Um, right. How do you, how do you think that you're going to be being able to, you know, get customers or get people to want to get your business? Um, you know, you know, how do you want to be able to grow, you know, maybe put a five, 10, 20 year plan down the line to say, okay, you know, what markings are we going to be able to hit? How much is it going to cost you, you know, in order to run this business? Um, so pretty much cr creating, you know, what's your you know, gross profit. And then, you know, after all these expenses that it's going to cost you in order to run the business, what your net profit's going to be afterwards. So, you know, you'll do a profit and loss. Um, and, you know, and, you know, see, do you need to have employees? Where is the location going to be? If it's brick and mortar, you know, how are you going to take payments? You know, getting a business bank account online, um, you know, 
what is it that you need to invest in, how much it's going to cost you to invest in stuff. So like, you know, for example, like, I don't know, let's say you open up a restaurant, right? You're going to need to have a stove, a refrigerator, you know, I don't know if you need a bar, <laughs> you need right. you know, the food, the utilities, like, you know, dishes, <laughs> you need all these things. So there's going to be a lot of expenses, of course, you know, you know, what kind of money do you have in order to uh, be able to pay all of this first? And then, you know, possibly a lot of people will need to get a loan in order to, you know, start up the business and then see how they're going to do and what, you know, when are they going to be able or to make find investors or what, whatnot? Yeah. And then it comes down to like how long you're going to pay off the loan or the investors, you know, how, how long is it going to take you before you're actually not in the red, but, you know, in the clear, right? You're in, in the black. So, right. so, yeah, you have to put a business plan first because you need to kind of have that all, you know, I mean, it's not going to go 100% according to plan, but at least you have to have a roadmap for it. <laughs> you know, where you are right as, now, where do you want to go? <laughs> as as Benjamin Franklin said, you know, if you fail to plan, then you're planning to fail. Um, mm -hmm. I just found that real quick. But, um, so obviously, you're you're setting up a plan. Should that be when you're when you're doing a business plan? And I've never seen one. I've never made one. Is that is that like? Are you writing a little short story? Are you do? Are you itemizing? You know, a, a Venn it, diagram it, or you know. Um. Again, like when I did a bunch of business plans when I was in college and university. Uh, strangely enough, like um, the college that I went, I went, I went to a couple of colleges, and then I ended up getting my, I got several degrees. But like, I went over to my first college was over in uh, Vermont. And so Ben and Jerry's is over there, right? So we were very right. close to the Ben and Jerry's Corporation. They actually came in, gave us a bunch of free ice cream. And so that's the freshman 15 right there. <laughs> yeah. And, and they, yeah, exactly. And they showed us their business plan. Now, business plans could be, you know, you know, you're you're probably going to be just writing the basics, like, you know, where you are, you know how you want the business to be, you know, what's the structure of the business, the profit and loss, you know, just the whole, how you're investing stuff, items that you need, et cetera, right? So it could be very, you know, couple of pages, right? If you're going to just be very simple. But when I saw Ben and Jerry's, they were like, it was this thick. It was a small book. Yeah, it was a small book. It literally was, this, I mean, it was a colorful book, <laughs> but it did show A to Z, like, you know, how many stores they wanted to have, what locations did they want to go into? Oh, so they planned, they planned years ahead. Well, I, it's, th that changes over time, right? So as the business grows, your business plan is going to change probably, I see. right? Like maybe you could be like a small business, you know, mom and pop business. Um, you know, some mom and pop businesses don't even put a plan unless they need to get a loan. Normally, if you're going to right. go to the bank, they're going to ask you for a business plan. But for the most part, like, probably going to be really small. But let's say you're like, you know what? I want to turn into a chain. Like, maybe I want to have, you know, my, you know, Sam grocery store on like every corner, you know, in New Jersey and then go to the tri-state and then, hey, let me try the West Coast now. So, um, that, yeah, that's going to change. Good examples in and out, in and out over in California is huge. And that's still family owned. That's not that's a, um, yeah, it's a family owned business. Um, and so, you know, they branched out into Vegas. 
but for a long time, they were in California. And, you know, and their business model, right? Everybody wears the same uniform. Only There's only three, there are three options, right? You know, you don't know the secret ordering thing unless, like, you hear from somebody else. Right. right? So you want a protein burger. So, like, they've, they've created that marketing lingo. Every place looks the same. Right? So that's going to be part of your business plan. So um, and I'm pretty sure so that you want to go. You want to go as detailed as possible on your even if you're doing mom and pop or you're doing, you know, if you want to be, I want to open up, you know, 500 employee business, you want to go as detailed as possible when it comes to things like the, like you said, the uniforms, the, the way you greet the customers, depending on if you're, you know, manufacturing versus customer service. Mm -hmm. um, but you're going from like, you know, I, I, that was an example of what was a small business that grew out into right. a big business. And so, of course, you know, that changes over time. But right. It so you, it's not wholly written. Right. It's not wholly writ. It's mostly a guideline that is ever changing. Yeah, correct. And, okay. and the really the basic the basis of that business plan is really what is the vision for the business, right? Like what exactly, like what type of business are you having? You know, what's the vision? And then you, you go from the details. It's like really working like the overall big picture and then actually working down to go to the details of, you know, how you're going to be able to get there. That's why they call okay. it alone there. And then um, when you, when you start to expand, you start to let, you know, my brain shut off again. Um, <laughs> you know, the one thing about that everyone needs to understand about business, and, and this is something that I've learned for a long time, you, you look at somebody like Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos' mm -hmm. business is massive, and he makes millions and millions of dollars. However, the first, what, six, eight months, he was by himself. And mm -hmm. huge risk. He did not work for that six, eight months, and he was probably losing money. Oh yeah, most businesses don't make a profit until the like I think it's like the seven or eight eighth year is when they okay. start making a profit. So it's like that's why you have to have that five, ten, twenty year, you know, vision of where it's going to be because a lot of startups they're not making money in the first five to seven years. Oof. It's gonna be a loss. But well, you know, and, and that's the one thing that that you know. You, you you got to mentally prepare yourself for that. Mm -hmm. Um and you know it, it's cliche to be like, oh look at look at somebody like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, they got money falling off their ass. Well, yeah. But for that first five, seven, ten years, they were going, Well, I'm sleeping in the office today because I don't have a house. I don't have a place to live. I, I'm eating ramen every day. But your employee because even if your business folds the times that your employees work, you still have to pay those. Yeah. You, there's no, there's no getting out of that. That doesn't bankruptcy does not cover that. Right. And so, and that's why like, you know, it's always good to do that profit and loss, right? Because you're going to do, you know, what kind of profit, you know, what kind of profit are you aiming at? How much is it going to cost you? How many employees do you need? You know, what type of pay is that? So you have to do the profit you have to see what the expenses are. I mean, I know a lot of owners, uh, business owners in the beginning, 
if they do need to have, you know, several employees to be, or, you know, need to have, you know, a group of people working for them in order to be able to run their business. I mean, a lot of business owners, they don't pay themselves for several years. It's all going right. back to the business. And, and, you know, whether it be advertising or just like, Hey, we need new pencils, you know, because um, <laughs> every expense ends up on your plate as the owner. Mm -hmm. Um, and we got about 30 minutes left. So I wanted to kind of play a little scenario game with you. If you could open a business tomorrow or start opening a business or, or start planning to open a business, what would be your, your ideal? I want to open this. Oh, do you know what? I, I think honestly, I would like to have a simple business where I did not have to run it. Um, I'd, I'd actually like to buy somebody's business, somebody who's already established and mm -hmm. maybe just wants to retire and doesn't have anybody to give their business to. I would like to buy that business. So even if it's as simple as like a car wash, like, you know, because if I knew some guy who was like, you know, working over at the car wash and pretty much ran it and knew exactly what needed to be done to run a car wash and he still wants to do the same thing and he didn't have the funds to buy it i would like to buy that business if i have the funds to do and it make that person like ceo or something yeah yeah and then they can have a little stake in the business and then we can both make money i mean car washes you think about it, it's like water right <laughs> um you're not the power is not on every you know every hour unless it's 24 7 right um and you just have some soap. Uh, you have maybe some things that you have in the store, like fresheners and whatnot. But it seems to like it doesn't need to even be that big, you know. Actually, I saw a video today. A guy was he he owns the self service car wash. He owns one mm -hmm. of those, and he says each one of those bays makes about sixteen thousand dollars a month. Yeah, you know, after expenses, and that's that's profit line. You know, and the the one he was looking at buying, they wanted a million dollars for. And he was, mm -hmm. you know, he, he did the math and he's like, yeah, you would be, even if you drop the million dollars tomorrow, you're at a loss for 10 years. Yeah. Because you, you got to pay back that million dollars. Uh, and the one he was looking at, he said, all this stuff needs upgraded and, you know, this is broken, that's broken. So I, I, I understand what, what you're saying that actually makes sense would you well, uh, what about no go ahead there's different ways so if you buy a business right there are different ways and i don't know all of them but i know mm -hmm. there's you no know, you don't have to say okay i have a million dollars here you go i'm buying your business i mean there's if you have a million dollars to do that that's freaking fantastic but you can also you. <laughs> there are some people who you know you say hey i want to buy your business but i don't have the money right now how about this? Let's make an agreement where if, you know, I hit this certain milestone, then, you know, I can pay you this much. So like you can go on increments and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, whatever profit that the business has, I'll give you a certain percent until my loan is paid off in buying the business. Or you could say I can hit a certain milestone and say, if I don't reach this milestone, then you know what? I owe you X amount or have a penalty to the person that you bought it from. 
So there's different ways in order to buy businesses. You don't necessarily need to have the funds. Well, yeah, there's always, of course, loans as well. Um, what about a franchise? You know, I, I, a lot of franchises, you know, I heard McDonald's, it's like a million dollars to open a franchise. Um, but I've also heard like Chick-fil-A is only like 30 grand. Well, McDonald's, you know, is kind of, they're, they're not really fast food. They're more like you know, real estate. You know? Oh yeah. They're, they they're definitely the a real estate company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're a real estate company for sure. Um, and yeah, and that's why they've become so successful because they've used yeah. that business model to do it. Um, and they also, you know, again, they have a, a whole structure. Every McDonald's is set up the same, you know, in yeah. the back of the McDonald's. So they have a, a huge structure. Whereas Chick-fil-A, I think, I think with a lot of, um, you know, I, I think with a lot of them, it just really depends upon the, uh, you know, how to vet. Like, I think for Chick-fil-A, like, you have to be vetted well, I in like five, five years. There. You have to work there a certain amount of time first, too. Yeah, like you have to be vetted in. So I think it's like you can't just get a Chick-fil-A. Like you have right. to go there for five years. I think there's certain standards that they actually require, you know, to, you know, be upon. Like if you don't meet those standards, then they're not going to give you a Chick-fil-A at all. I right. Guess. So. Well, and know, like uh, a friend of mine in high school, when, when, when she turned 18, and she was graduating high school. I actually dated her for a while. And and she was, her parents asked her, what do you want for your graduation? You want a new mm -hmm. car? She's like, no, I want a Subway. And they bought her a Subway franchise. No and way. She works, she works at it to this day. I don't remember exactly what it was, but she now has nine. That's fantastic. Yeah. That and, is fantastic. And it's like, you know, the... Uh, the reason why I think she picked that was because at the time she was working at a subway. Mm -hmm. And, and so there is a, with any business you want to open or, or, or work for, or even a job you want to do, you got to have a, in, in order to be quote unquote happy in life, you got to have a minimum, minimal amount of passion for what you're doing. Like you can't yes. just, you can't be like, I'm going to open up a McDonald's and then, 20 minutes later after you've opened it, you're like, I fucking hate McDonald's, you know, <laughs> because you will be miserable. So, you know, there, your, the passion has to be there. The, the, the joy, the, the wanting to do something like myself, if, if I could open up a business tomorrow or start opening, I would love to do manufacturing of something. You know, I, of course I do want to open a bar, but, uh, once again, I don't want to run it like you. Yeah, you know, I want to pur purchase one, or it'd be like, yeah, you know, one of my favorite lines, and I, I'll get flack for it from the weirdos lefties. But uh, Donald Trump once said, "You hire the best, but you never trust them." Um, you know, you find somebody that is good at what they do and say, "I want you to work for me." make my business and then you can sit back and relax i mean there's still minor well, things you need to take care there's of there's still more to it because if you own a business right you you want to know exactly what the business right. does right so and that's why you know my idea of getting somebody who's already worked in the business because they can teach me how that business would be i would even go or to, how, even how to improve it 
Yeah, I would even if like, let's say I was interested in, I don't know, like a mailbox, et cetera. And like, so what it's, you know, a post office, like you give it, you yeah. send out shipments, you get a bunch of boxes, you know, I would actually go over to somebody like that and be like, Hey, you know, how the hell do you run this business? And maybe pay them to be able to kind of get like an you know, apprenticeship, like how do, how, like, how much does this thing, you know, so I'll be able to ask those questions, like, you know, how much for supplies, you know, how much are you leasing for this place? What are the things that I need to have? Um, you know, are there things that I'm not thinking about that, you know, I should consider, you know, so, you know, you know, like postage stuff, machinery, you know, right. whatever. So like security, <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's, it's good to be able to ask those questions for someone who's already done the business. So this mm -hmm. way you're not figuring it out yourself and wasting time and, and, yeah, know, and having to go through wasting funds as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, even though you learn from mistakes, you don't, you want to make as little as possible. Um, actually, uh, I believe, and I, I could be wrong, but I thought Dave and Vera own a uh, tattoo shop. Uh, it, yeah, it was a tattoo shop and also um, a bike, uh, motorcycle. Well, yeah, the, the custom motorcycles. Yeah. Custom um, motorcycles, yeah. That's actually coming to YouTube soon. I just built the intro video. Um, but the, you you definitely want to look at something like, like for myself, I think I would love to own a tattoo studio. Not only do what I get free tattoos, but... Mm -hmm. I've seen the, I've worked in them. I've seen the profit margin. I've seen the, the equipment is not really crazy expensive. The, the, clean, the cleanliness is the hard part of any tattoo shop. Mm -hmm. um, the, I don't have know, any tattoos. The, so I've never been. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Chris, Chris mentioned on, on when he got his, he felt no pain and I don't believe him for a second. You know, I, I'm sure he has a high pain tolerance as he says, but holy hell, it's it's a pain like no other. Um, but like I, the one thing I, you, you want to be a patron of your own business as well. You know, but because yeah. the, the one guy, I knew a guy, he owned a tattoo body shop. Dude had no piercings and no tattoos. And people would really? ask him, does it hurt? He They'd ask him, does it hurt? And he's like, no. And they're like, and I would look at him and go, how the hell would you know? You know? <laughs> I know. So what made him go into that business to begin with? Was it because of the profit margins? The, the profit margins. Or... The profit margins are huge. So because... was he a partner or did he? 100 no, he owned own? it. He owned it. And then he he hired a bunch of tattoo artists that are 1099 employees. I know because I work for it. And like um, the thing is with a tattoo, a tattoo costs in material and about maybe 12 bucks mm -hmm. it's mostly time so you're not paying for the tattoo you're paying for the artist's time and right. you know the higher quality they are the and like my smallest tattoo took 45 minutes my largest tattoo took like 12 hours you know uh Good question yeah question because now that you bring so you know, it's kind of tying all this in from what we begin. You know, just like beauty salons, I would assume tattoos, uh, tattoo salons are the same, where they have 1099s who actually rent the seat of the tattoo place and, you know, get part yeah. of that. It, the well, it's not even, they're not even renting. They, they're, they're, 
it, it's more. I, I I like to joke that a tattoo parlor is more of a hang okay. for the tattoo artists. As you know, you you of course you'll get people come in and say, "Hey, I my buddy got a tattoo from from Bob over here," and Jim's sitting over here going, "Oh, no, 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 today." You'll get walk-ins. Well, Jim will get the walk-ins that day, mm -hmm. and the the other person, Bob, is sitting there. He's got appointments because people he's tattooed said, oh, you need to go see Bob, go see Bob, go see Bob. So they, 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 obviously there's no hourly wage. Um, the main part of a tattoo artist's job is to make sure the area is clean. And, but that's what you have apprentices for. Apprentices, when you're learning to tattoo, you actually pay the artist to hang out and they teach you things. So, you know, they watch, you watch, they, they give you second, uh, a fake skin to tattoo with. Um, apprenticeships are <laughs> the greatest scam on the history of the planet. Yes, Jim and Bob, the tattoo artists. Yeah, that's what I'm going to call my tattoo studio, Jim and Bob's. Do, do they buy their? <laughs> does each tattoo artist buy their own uh, equipment, or are they well, actually? Or is so, the business owner doing the equipment? Like, does it matter? The, the business owner, the business owner would usually buy like the inks and and like. Um, it sounds funny, but every tattoo artist uses Vaseline or, or some sort of gel. You, like you take a, a tongue depressor and you put a little Vaseline on it and then you set the little, little bitty cups that hold the ink. Mm -hmm. And that way they don't fall over and you got them there and they, they don't move. And then, of course, most tattoo artists will buy their own gun. Uh, the tattoo gun, you know, uh, my tattoo artist, he's he's got like nine different ones because he's, you know, the old style one that he has is so loud. If he turns it on right now, I can hear it from five miles away. The new one that when he did my forearm recently, less, less than a couple of months ago, like less than six months ago, that thing's so quiet. I didn't know it was on until he started stabbing me with it. Um, but there, the biggest expense when it comes to uh, a tattoo studio comes down to mm -hmm like an autoclave uh, to sterilize um, your, your, it sounds funny, but a lot of tattoo studios buy gynecological chairs because it's a night, it's a bed that can be folded up and cleaned really easily because they're, they have a metal base and then the, the leather or leather uh, or the, you can actually go get a really nice heavy duty table and have it wrapped in leather with cushioning in it so that it almost like a massage table so it can be sterilized. And then of course, saran wrap is key to every tattoo. Uh, you know, you like if, even if you have a stand where I'm sitting my arm to, so he can work on my arm underneath it is the stand. And in between the stand and, and my arm is saran wrap. Right. And so is the business it. owner responsible getting all that stuff? Or again, um, is it tattoo I, I think or it I think things like the saran wrap, the uh inks are it, it could be a 50-50 thing with inks. Uh mostly the business owner takes care of you know the big things, the, the chairs, the the um printers, all that fun stuff. Yeah, the yeah, artists fine, yeah. Right. The artists take, well, some, some of them like certain brands of needles or some, some like certain brands of guns. 
they take care of those things. Uh, mm -hmm. They make sure everything's sterilized. Uh, the expense comes in for the owner of the rental of the location or owning the location. And right. then you you hire your artists, your artists come in and and the first couple of days, everybody just cleans like crazy. When we opened up uh, Project X here, Project X was a tattoo studio I worked for here. Day one, all we did was clean, 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 clean. And then we came in and said, okay, now let's bring in the, the autoclave. Okay, let's clean the autoclave. Now let's bring in the chair. Let's clean the chair. Um, yes, if you have a clean filled fetish, 100%, it is the place to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, the expense is usually the building. and But you'll get tattoo artists that, that will, the one guy, the, the one guy, he he was a he did body piercing tattoo. The guy that I actually first hired me ever uh, to apprentice on body piercing was uh, he showed up day one in a Ferrari, and he's head to toe tattoos. I'm like, how did you get a Ferrari? And then day one, some lady comes in, and in a four hour session, she spent nine grand. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, wow. you know, like I said, the total cost of the tattoo was maybe a hundred bucks with second skin. Second skin is, is it's, it's the old model. When you get a tattoo, they wrap it cellophane until it starts to scab over. The new thing is they have this stuff called second skin where it's almost like a, um, it's like saran wrap with tape on one side. Mm -hmm. But it, it covers the whole thing and, and seals it and all that fun stuff. Second skin is in, inexpensive, but you need a lot of it, you know, depending mm -hmm. on size of tattoos. It can be cut and whatnot. Those things the, the owner of the shop would actually have or, or purchase or have on order at all the time. Um, but like I said, four hours, the guy made nine grand. Now, even if 50% of that goes to the shop mm -hmm. for booth rent or whatever. That's a, that's a big one, you know. Yeah. Um, where that's barber shops. To hear about the tattoo shops. <laughs> I didn't even well, think about it. Barber shops. It's it's kind of the same concept. Your your barber, like if you go into like the, the movie Barbie sh barber shop with with Ice Cube. Each barber has their own equipment, and they rent the booth. In the booth is a mirror. A little bitty table and a chair. Mm -hmm. Everything else you put there, that's your stuff. You know, your clippers, your your things. The, however, what I've learned, and only because I talked to a friend of mine that has a, she, I dated a lot of girls that that took cosmetology, mm -hmm. in in uh, building trades, or in the uh, career center that I went to. Um, a lot of the money that's made at a barbershop is in products. Like yes. you get your hair done and then and then you got a rack of Vidal Sassoon over here. And you're yeah. like, yeah, to keep it silky smooth, we buy this, you know. And, you know, you hawk that stuff. Uh, there is money in the booth and booth rent, but it's not a ton. You're not, you're not no. pulling up in a Bentley in, in six months. You know, the, the hardest part of any 
the best way to open up, let's say, a tattoo shop, which is one of the things I've, I've looked into, is buy the location. At the very least, everything goes to shit. You can sell the building. But if you buy the building and you get decent artists in there, and a lot of people, what they'll do when they hire a tattoo artist is they'll get your soul glow on. Yeah, you saw where I was going with that lady. Um, <laughs> a lot of the things that uh, they'll do is they'll, they'll be like, okay, you're going to do a tattoo on my cousin or, you know, whoever. And it's going to be the design he wants. You change it however you want. It's going to cost him nothing. It's going to cost you your time. I'll pay for all the equipment, you know, and you can judge that artist on his work. Mm -hmm. Like there are tattoo artists that only like to work in black and or black and gray. Right. I, I'm not a black and gray guy. I, I have one black and gray tattoo and it's, it's a word in Japanese. And it's my daughter. <laughs> oh, really? It's my daughter's. It's, I don't even think it's Japanese. I, I can't remember what it is, but it's my daughter's it name. I found a website that you put in a name and it gives you the spelling in Japanese. In kanji? Yeah, I believe so. You're gonna, okay. Can't really see it. There it is. Oh, I see it. Okay, yeah. That looks Japanese. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, I, I just um but I all my tattoos have color. You know, all, all Tanya's tattoos. Tanya's got a dragon on her leg that's the dragon mm -hmm. from Dragon Ball Z because she's a mm -hmm. giant nerd. Um the the girl that did that, she has the heaviest hand, and I'll explain what heavy hand means in a second, but it is flawless, but it's also her most expensive tattoo. Mm -hmm. um, and heavy hand is like the guy that did my forearm, and I don't, you can't really see it. My forearm is, is a bear in the woods with a little wolf, uh, a a clock and a, and a rose for my grandmother. The lightest hand I've ever felt. Like he did, he did my my cardinal, and I the whole time just goddamn dude, you're hitting bone, brother. But when he did this one, it was like, oh, you're fucking done with the bear head already. Okay, there are certain parts of the body that hurt so much like when i got my ribs done i have a winnie the pooh losing a balloon for my sister when she passed how many tattoos do you have three on my back one on each forearm my winnie the pooh my daughter my superman logo and my deadpool and harley quinn how many is that lost count I'm, i lost count <laughs> three four five six seven eight nine yeah nine nine wow uh, and I have well, plans for more. I'm constantly well, looking up tattoos. So maybe that's also good for being part of a tattoo business is because, you know, once the person gets one, they always want more. <laughs> well, and, well that, that so tattoos are extremely addictive. But, but the beauty of it is, is like, if you, if you're a good tattoo artist and you, you know, you, you do good work, like my, my, my dude, Danny, does amazing work. The design I had for this looked nothing the way this does. But when I got there, Danny's like, we could do your design, but it will wrap around to here and look weird. And I went, oh, I didn't think of that. 
He said, or if we do it the way you want it in a spot where you can see the whole thing at once, it's going to be about that big. And I was like, but I want, you know, the whole thing. And he's like, okay, let me try something. And he, he messed around with it. And what he came up with is way better than what I wanted. And a lot of people don't understand when you go to get a tattoo, you may say, I want this exact thing. The artist can do that, but they will never recommend it because you don't do tattoos every day. You don't see tattoos every day right? the way they do. So, you you know, and... Well, that's why they're the expert. <laughs> exactly. And it, it, it's, it's literally the, the least professional business, but extremely professional all in one. Like, the cleanest people I've ever met are tattoo artists. Like yeah, OCD I cleaning. I think it is a professional business. I mean, yeah. And, but yeah, but they don't look, they, they're not showing up in a tie. Let me tell you. <laughs> but you know what? Now, like nowadays, it's like every, like, I, I feel like as though I'm a minority now. I think the majority yeah. of people in the world now have tattoos where, you know, growing up, you know, you know, because I'm, you know, grandma compared to you <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> um you know tattoos were not as popular like most of like people who had tattoos were musicians or artists but you know pretty much everybody now i think has it you know, well yeah tattoos, with the exception well, of me like i like Oz, ozzy osborne of... once said if you want to be different don't get a tattoo because you know it, they, they are mainstream now um yeah and there's the some of the designs the the that when you go into a tattoo studio, the first thing you want to do is ask your tattoo artist, A, to see their flash. They're, you know, Every tattoo artist does this. As soon as they do a tattoo, they take a picture. Mm -hmm. And then the next time you come in, they take another picture of the same tattoo they did a month ago because they want to see how it turned out. You know, when, right. when, when you first get it, it's swollen and whatnot. Um, you don't have any either, Leggy. You, you, Leggy, what you need? Wow, is I found somebody else who doesn't have it. Leggy needs a blackout, where so she can tone down her brightness of skin. <laughs> she needs a permanent tan tattoo. Excuse me, <laughs> but like there, there's all sorts of different ways to do a tattoo, and uh, though I actually saw there's a. There's a place I can't remember what it is. It's a it's a Polynesian island, I believe, where it's not. I don't think it's Polynesian. I think it's it's somewhere in, in like it's it's not Asia. It's like over where Everest is, you know, all that stuff. Okay. And um, uh, the only tattoo artists, you know, tattoos are a big thing in the culture, blah blah blah. But the only people that can be tattoo artists are female. The males are not allowed really? to do tattoos. And they do with the stick and the... I don't know if you've ever seen it. It looks like a little I hammer have. with needles on it. And they hit it with a stick. Um, <coughs> oh, good. And a single session will last like 12 hours. 12 hours? Tattoo. Yeah. And you got to have a lot of patience to be 12 hours sitting there. I mean, well, I'm pretty sure they do it like in increments, well, like, right? Like, when, when, right. Well, like, for instance, when, when Danny does a tattoo on me, we'll do the outline, and then I'm like, okay, smoke break. And we go outside and smoke yeah. a cigarette. Or we'll go 
down to the store and pick up a drink, you know, because the one thing when you're getting a tattoo that you need, it sounds silly, but you want a little bit of sugar because you're bleeding. <laughs> um, wow. The, you know, the outline, then there's shading, then there's color. So it's, it's, a, you know, like uh, I have a Superman that is like this big on my back and it is the traditional Superman. It's still not even done. Is it done? I don't remember. One of them is not done. I have two Superman on my back. I have a Precious Moments. You remember the Precious Moments dolls from Hallmark? No. They're statues that Hallmark stores sold. And they look like okay. little kids in grown-up clothes. Okay. And my a buddy of mine drew it. And my sister, when I when she had a tubal pregnancy, I drove her to the hospital. Saved her life, according to her. And and she she's always called me Superman. And so and she loved Precious Moments dolls. So I have the Precious, a precious Moments Superman, Superman that is literally a foot big by eight inches. Wow. Seven or eight inches. And it is full done, full color, and hell on earth to get tattooed. Because it, it took uh, I have a traditional Superman that's roughly the same size, not as wide. It's just him standing in his pose. And that one took about 12 hours as well. But it, it's super detailed, colored, and shading. The shading hurts like a motherfucker. <laughs> but you get close to the spine, and you're just like, I'm going to kill everyone in the room. Well, Jeff, so. I feel like you said we've changed this podcast to the tattoo podcast. <laughs> I know. Well, that's that. We need to learn how to how to stay we on gotta course. We got to talk but, about that. We got to prepare what the subject will be. Not five yeah. minutes before the podcast. Yeah. Like, you know, give me a couple of hours at least. <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. No, but I think I think what like 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 I said the 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 phrase of today that we learned that when you're when you're going to start a business the phrase of today is once again you know if you if you fail to plan, plan. then you're planning to fail yeah. and and that's pretty much it for this episode you know we're going to go ahead and wrap it up i i know we kind of went off subject which i'm sure we'll <laughs> do multiple times especially when Vera's on here and then dave pops in because oh, yeah, then forget will. about it. It will just be a whole yeah. other podcast. <laughs> it, it'll be a whole new thing. But, you know. I'm a lot more structured. <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 I, and I want to say, Sam, thanks again for, for coming up and, and kind of giving us your opinion on and your expertise on starting a business, starting an LLC, or whatever the case may be of, of how you want to go about bettering your life where you're one of my favorite phrases, and I say it all the time, is no one ever got rich by working for a salary. And that's my vision is I never want to work for a salary because, yeah, there's going to be hard times. But the good times are that much better when you know yep. nobody could have done this but me. Well, it's nice being your own boss. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, into that. Yeah, technically, we have a boss, but not really. There's Vera, uh, you want to get Vera mad? Call her boss. She gets so <laughs> mad. I love it. Cracks me up. So that is it for tonight's show. Sam, did you think of an outro for yourself? No, I have not. Um, 
Hey! <laughs> Hi! Hi! <laughs> so, uh, once again, this is Dollars and Cents Podcast. And as always, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, guys. Ha, ha, ha.